this episode of Grief in Common, we talk about anxiety, panic attacks, suicide, vehicle accidents, and deaths throughout. Hi everyone, welcome to the Grief in Common podcast hosted by the Winston's Wish Youth team. My name's Ghislaine and I'm here today because I lost my dad when I was a week old in a car accident. I spoke about my story in a bit more detail in episode one of the podcast, so please go and check that out if you haven't already. I'm joined today by the lovely Nell. Hi, Nell. Hi. You well? Yeah, I'm all good. How are you? Good. Yes, good too. Thank you. So did you want to give a brief intro as to who you are, why you're here? Yeah, sure. So I'm Nell. I'm 21. Um, and I'm here because my sister passed away just over a year ago, May 2022. Um, she took her own life. And yeah, and I joined the Winston Witch team kind of shortly after. And yeah. How was it you found out about Winston's Wish? It's actually my mum. She works for Winston's Wish. Um, so it kind of was all very like coincidental timing that she had just sort of started. And then, yeah, I went through my loss. And then she was like, look, when you're ready, come and, yeah, get involved. Nice. Well, yeah, we're very grateful to have you, of course. And I know that today we're going to be talking about a bit of a heavier subject to do with anxiety and OCD around grief but I'd be really interested to know what's your definition of anxiety what is anxiety to you my definition of anxiety that's a really difficult one because I think everyone like experiences anxiety in very different ways for me personally it's a physical emotional spiritual like feeling that just like encompasses your whole body um and like your mind and it can just make you kind of fearful of anything and everything whether that be little things or really big things um and mine was definitely grief made mine a lot worse <laughs> let's just say that yeah yeah so did you already have anxiety before you lost your sister yeah I would say I was always kind of a bit of a nervous person I, I'm a people pleaser and that is like an anxiety response I've learned that through doing a bit more like digging into like researching about anxiety um so yeah I kind of I never really picked up on it like much before and then it, this sort of going through grief kind of almost forced me to like have to face it but it's only since kind of coming out of that that I've been like oh okay I can identify that that makes complete sense it's pretty much the same for me so I feel like I always had anxiety but in different ways so I would get really nervous in groups of people and I, I think when I was growing up as well there was this big sort of trend around social anxiety I don't know if you remember there was a period of time where it was a big thing and it almost became trendy and I think that that kind of um, spurred me on to starting to develop it and then over time it became worse and as things with school got a bit more stressful during exam periods and things like that I found that I was having a lot of panic attacks, so I'd have like six, seven in a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it was just awful. And if anyone hasn't had a panic attack as well, for me personally, I've heard it feels like an asthma attack. So it's almost like you can't really breathe and you're you're sort of struggling to do things because you're concentrated on how you can't really breathe. And where I lost my dad when I was a week old. I feel like I never necessarily associated the two. I thought it was just something completely different. Certainly as I've gotten older, I think I've started realising that actually they're probably 
more into links making the connections and stuff yeah yeah so when was the moment i guess that you realized that you perhaps had anxiety mine definitely like the, like i would say like one of the worst points which was me kind of acknowledging like oh yeah no this isn't like this isn't my normal kind of behavior this isn't my normal like fears was when i went traveling so my sister died in the may i then finished my uni course in the august and then my boyfriend and i left in september and we went traveling around southeast asia for two and a half months and as you can imagine i was like so excited i was like ready to like explore the world but now I've looked back at it, that was me running away. Like, that was me being like, I'm not moving back home. I've been living at uni and I could escape from home because home had changed. Home was different since yeah. losing my sister. So it was then like, okay, I'm going to do this big, fun, exciting thing, which I had always wanted to do. It wasn't like a new idea that had happened since my sister had passed. But when I was then away, everything scared me. I used to find like, the beach for me has always been like a safe place it's been like my safe haven just like that would be where I would like get really zen and even when I was on the beach I would be scared of going in the sea and I'm like a water baby so like I knew straight away something was wrong I was like this isn't normal for me to be this fearful of going into something that I associate with happiness and like pleasure and calm so that was like a real turning point and then there were various other things I mean when you are traveling it is stressful and it is anxiety provoking and I was so far from home and I had like no control over a lot of factors that were going on throughout the trip um and it just escalated to the point where I just there were some days I didn't even leave the hotel room and my boyfriend's there like do you not want to you know go explore this amazing temple or go on this fantastic walk or just go to the beach and I was like no I just want to sit and watch Netflix on my phone I completely get what you've just said in terms of running away as well. So I didn't go quite as far. I didn't go to Asia. But <laughs> when my, so my granddad died when I was like 20. So it was quite a long way on. And also we were kind of expecting it because he had dementia and he, he wasn't really in the best way. But I remember that day. So I was the one that found him because we lived together. And then I took the day off work, obviously. But then in my head, I was like, I just need to get out of the house and I felt awful for doing it but I was like I just need to go I messaged my friend because I work in London live just outside and she was like oh well if you want you can come in for lunch and I was like okay so I went in into London just like left my my mum and my aunt which now I feel quite bad for doing that but it was just what I needed to do I would have been to Southeast Asia if I could have at the time In what form does your anxiety come? I would say I've, I've on the rare occasion I've had panic attacks. I'm very fortunate that it's never escalated that far. Mine is more kind of everyday things. Like I can just feel fear coming in. My shoulders raise, my heart like starts pounding. I feel sweaty, I feel hot. And I'm, I feel like I, I pride myself on being quite aware of what my thoughts are doing and it feels like they're going a million miles an hour. Well, this could make this happen and this could make this happen, this could make this happen, which would make me. And all of that, I realised when I kind of analysed it when I came home, a lot of my fear was being based around my boyfriend and being scared something was going to happen to him and scared that he was going to die drowning in the sea or, you know, anything. And then it was because... I'd just gone through this massive loss in my life and I couldn't comprehend it. So my brain was going like, well, you could lose one person, you could lose this person, you could lose that person, you could, you know, 
you're you yourself you're gonna die you know so it was just like a constant blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and it feels like it just feels like you've got like ten thousand voices in your mind and you can't shut them up that's kind of the best way i could describe it <laughs> yeah i always say to people i feel like i've got such a messy brain you know those cartoon brains with like scribbles inside that's what it feels like because as you say it's like a million thoughts just going around in your mind and you almost catastrophize things and think oh you know my mum didn't pick up the phone when I called her for the third time is she dead if I don't get a, a text back in like five minutes I'm like oh she, like they're dead like I just jumped to that straight away and I'm like and I have to stop myself and be like okay there are like a million other things that might be why they haven't responded. Let's rein it back a bit. Um, and you know, I, I kind of, I, I'm quite, I like to identify now and also for like other people around me. But I call it like I'm having a grief moment or I need a grief five minutes kind of thing because I'm like, I know that this is being brought on by the grief. So we're just going to take five and I'm going to just acknowledge that that's what this is and try and rationalize. But it's really difficult when you are in that headspace. You can't rationalize. You, there's nothing yeah. anyone will say to you. It's it's so difficult to get out of that headspace to like believe that everything will be okay again. Yeah, I find it really hard as well to. So when when I've had moments like that where I've called my mom and then I've gotten upset, it's hard to then relay back to her the reason why I'm crying or the reason why I'm upset. Do you find that as well? It, it depends who it's with. My boyfriend, I think, has got very used to me being a bit dramatic about things now, and he's kind of used to it. I find it's very good to set boundaries with people. So, like, I will say, like, you don't need to respond to the the question I've asked in the text, but just send a thumbs up, say, I'll reply later. And then I know that you're there and you've read it and you're okay and you're safe. The more we talk about anxiety, I think the better. So I'm so glad we're doing this today to get, like, it out there. Actually, the surprising thing I found with talking about my anxiety was that so many other people were like, oh my God, I think like that too. And I'm like, here's me thinking I was the only one. I think I'm now on like anxiety TikTok and that's actually really helped me with mine because like all these people are sharing their stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like that person. I think it is definitely really difficult the first time that you kind of open up to anyone, whether it be someone that you're close with or that you're not close with. I think for me, I remember having those first initial conversations where I really, looking back, barely said anything. But just saying to a couple of friends in school, I feel a bit anxious. You know, I, I don't really like, I've never been clubbing. I've never been to a party. Everyone else when I was in school went clubbing. But I used to get really anxious at the idea of that. So people would invite me and I'd be like, look, I'm really sorry. I, I can't come and I just make up an excuse and say someone's birthday or something. But I remember that as soon as I sort of started having those conversations, even though I barely said anything really, I felt my shoulders drop. So it's funny that you say that about them going up as well, because I felt so tight and I didn't realise until after they started dropping. Obviously, everyone suffers from stress and anxiety to a point. So everyone's going to naturally have that sometimes, but it's nice to not have it all the time. I think the point you were making about like that first initial like kind of admit it I hate I hate that term like admitting like it's something wrong because it's not but telling people and making them aware of like how you're feeling I think especially if you are linking it with grief and that is when conversations get awkward and I hate that because although grief is something that I'm pretty sure like 90% of the population will go through at some point in their life 
because for me personally i feel like it's such a like awkward weird subject to want to talk about and i hate that so when you start linking you're like oh i'm just feeling a bit anxious because and you're like okay do i delve into the whole thing or do i just be like oh because it's i'm just having an off day like or is it well um my sister died <laughs> and it's like oh you you feel everyone else's shoulders in the room yeah honestly i've had that so many times with people our age my age and then also with older people proper adults as i like to call them yeah <laughs> it's so tricky and it's people say like, oh well, what's the right thing to say what do we say and it's like there's a lot of wrong things you could say i don't quite know the right thing to say because depending on my mood anything could really trigger me but i think it's just about being aware of that and understanding that like this is a sensitive topic and you know don't completely walk on eggshells around me because i don't want to feel like i'm being treated differently because this thing has happened to me but just be wary and aware of what you're saying and be mindful And i think uh, the biggest thing that i tell people now since this has happened to me is you have no idea what is going on in someone's life like and i take that with me in every part of my day when i go to work and i have a dodgy customer who's really horrible to me maybe like a few years ago i would have probably been like oh god they're so annoying how dare they and i would take it really personally and now it's like my ego has dropped and i'm a bit more like someone in their life might have just passed away they might have just had a really bad diagnosis for something like you never know what could be going on they might just be having a bad day at work but like we always talk kindness and stuff like that in school but i think actually almost being taught from a young age like actually some people's lives aren't like the perfect story we get told of what a family is and all of that and and that's okay but sometimes we have to be sensitive of people's feelings you know that would be if we taught that from a younger age i almost think it would be like more normal to talk about yeah and it's i feel like it's not yeah i i've had quite a number of times people coming up to me and saying oh i thought you had a normal life I thought, you know, you had both parents, couple of siblings, maybe a dog, nice house with a picket fence. I'm like, firstly, why did you think that? Thanks, Hollywood, for painting that picture of that's what family is. Like, exactly. And you know, when you're just like, I don't know what to say to that. Are there any methods that you've found really help you to alleviate your symptoms? I'm fairly spiritual. I like to meditate and I found and I if you told me that like five years ago I would have probably laughed in your face and been like yeah I'm not gonna do that but I find like deep breathing and getting very present at the beginning of my day or the end of my day or it doesn't even need to be at the beginning or the end at some point in my day I think all of our lives are so busy when you're working when you're at school you constantly think about what people are thinking about you you're thinking about whether you're doing a good job you're thinking about you know there's all these thoughts and then you throw the grief in there and it's like whoa we've got like an entire conversation of 30 going on in one brain and sometimes to just go okay we're going to literally slam the brakes on this right now i'm just going to take a, a one minute pause to just get present so like that's that's kind of a routine i've started to try and build into my life a habit i'm trying to build up um only fairly recently since i've been acknowledging the anxiety another thing is it's called tapping it's called eft yeah and there are different points you can tap and i did a session with this wonderful lady and um i've I've had multiple sessions with her but when she first told me about it she said anytime you are suddenly you can feel that wave of anxiety coming over 
and you can feel like you feel that tension i think getting getting aware of how you feel like when it happens is really healthy to be able to cope with it not necessarily you're going to be able to stop it but you're just going to know when it's coming on to be able to go even if it's i'm in a busy place i'm going to take myself up to the toilet cubicle and have five and i, I had it the other day my sister took her own life at a train station and trains for me are very very triggering so i was about to get on a metro and like in like a subway kind of thing underground and my like intrusive thoughts were like panicked and i remember this tapping when i just started doing this little tap on my hand and that's the great thing about it is that you can do it really subtly and no one thinks no one would think anything you can do it kind of on your head it just looks like you're scratching your head and it was instant i just was like oh okay we're okay everyone's safe we're just hopping on an underground we're okay you know so that for me was like a massive point where i was like oh wow this works and this is this is helpful for me it's not for everyone um but yeah that's me personally what about you (laughs) no that's amazing so i've heard of tapping i've never done it before but i mean i feel like i should look into it but I, i get what you mean in terms of having that sort of association because when my dad died in a car accident I found it so difficult to then learn to drive and it it took me a good couple of years before I actually started learning after I turned 17 because it was just too much and even then I had an amazing driving instructor shout out to him he even though he didn't know my story because I was never really brave enough to share it at that time he could sense that I was anxious so he took me around sort of just the estates we didn't go into main road for like a year because I needed that time but one thing that I do which is really simple and also kind of similar is I always squeeze my thumb so it's not tapping as such but rubbing physical touch yeah really soothes me or like I'll rub my arm and now I find I do it and I'm not even necessarily anxious it's just a case of it's like a comfort thing have you ever tried any kind of therapy or anything like that I love therapy. I'm like the biggest advocate for therapy. So I did therapy before my sister passed away. Um, when I was in college, I started to get very low. I was having like very low mood, bordering depression kind of feelings. And my mum saw it in me and was like, okay, we need to get you some help. Thankfully, my college had literally like a five minute walk from my college. They had an office there and you could go and have free sessions for like six weeks. Um, so I did six weeks worth of sessions my first year of college and then towards the end of my first year of college I started another six weeks and I got a lot more like open with talking about just my issues what was going on in my mind and then actually just before my sister passed away um, my my mental health I could still was kind of like a bit up in the air I then enlisted to do CBT therapy but literally the day that they emailed me being like, we can book you on some classes was the day my sister passed away. So I emailed them and I was like, I think I'm going to hold off on this. I don't think this is the right kind of therapy I need right now. Let's hold off. And then about, oh, it must've been about two, three months after um, my sister passed, my mum helped me find a grief counsellor and she did EMDR therapy with me, um, which was hardcore oh my gosh but wow like I want to do more of it it was mainly because I then went traveling that I stopped um and it it was private so it was quite expensive so 
I had to stop doing that. I, I think there are so many different therapies. I have friends from college who had lost parents and they'd done grief counseling like when they were young and they would be like, I hated it, couldn't do it, didn't engage with my therapist kind of thing. Um, so I don't think it is for everybody, but I do think that there are so many different kinds that if you do one kind, I don't think you should necessarily shut the door, try a different type, try a different therapist. They are people too. You won't click with some people. That's okay. That's normal. Um, I was very fortunate. My first ever counselor, I clicked with her like that. So yeah. What about you? That's amazing. No, I've, I've actually never had therapy. Okay. It's something that... It's always been in the back of my mind, but I don't think I've ever been ready to do that. It takes a lot. Yeah, it does. It does take a lot because I, I was always so reserved where I kind of shut myself off. I didn't really want to talk about it to anyone, even my close family. It's only really in the past year or so that I've started going, actually, no, you know what? I'm just going to tell people what happened. And then I've been a lot more open. But I've definitely found that even in just attending the Winston's Wish youth team sessions, just being able to say, oh, yeah, my dad died and everyone was like, cool. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. It's normal. It's not It's not a big deal to them. It's such a lovely community that we've got, I think, like because grief is isolating. You feel like you're the only person going through it and you're not. And it's so nice, like you said, when you can just say it and those shoulders don't go up. And yeah, I get it. And everyone just nods like, yeah, same. So that that has been really eye-opening for me, actually. It goes back to something you said earlier on. Actually, people do feel the same. And even just in some of the casual conversations we've had through video chat, people have said things and I thought, oh, I didn't realise that other people thought that as well. You know, I, th I thought it was just me. So that's been really eye-opening for me. But I think in general, therapy is something that I'll continue to think about. And I think I probably will do it one day. It's just a case of getting to that point. It does take a lot. And it's it's a lot on, like, your body. It can be, it's not re-traumatizing you, but as in it can be very triggering. For me, I um, have to have therapy at the end of the day because I want to sleep afterwards. I could not think of anything worse than having therapy at 10 o'clock in the morning and then going back to work or school or something like that like I literally need to sleep put the telly on eat a bowl of ice cream and maybe cry a little bit more that's just me personally so it's like don't put any pressure on it yourself to like have to do it anytime soon um you know when you feel ready but even the fact that you're thinking about it now like that's that's step one you know that's really good yeah it's really interesting how different minds work differently so I think yeah if you're listening to this and you're considering therapy bear in mind that if you don't get on well exactly as Nell said try another form of therapy try a different therapist nothing's right for everyone so bear that in mind something that we saw online a few years ago was it was this couple and they said to avoid arguments they would ask each other do you want comfort or solutions and this is something that my boyfriend and I have adopted never had an argument because you just say look do you want comfort right now or do you want the solutions I always want comfort because I'm a teddy bear. What you were just saying about the comfort and solutions thing, by the way, I've done it with my boyfriend, but I've also done it with my friends when they've, I don't know, they come to you with a problem about a boyfriend or something. And like, I'm quite opinionated. I can have strong opinions about things, but I am really bad at taking criticism. So for me, I want the comfort. I just need a listening ear. And I, I say to them, I go, 
do you need me to listen or do you want my advice because they're going to be two very different things you're going to get from me and I'm happy to give you either one but you need to set the boundary with me because otherwise you know people start worrying that you're judging them and all of that stuff and it's it's such a healthy boundary to set with people it's just communicating what you need out of a conversation um yeah I love that so in terms of reverse grief anxiety and what I mean by that is maybe do you find that your parents are often anxious about you now that they've lost your sister do you find that they maybe get a bit worried if you don't return their calls if you don't respond to messages good question just for context my sister is a half sister so she is my dad's child not my mum so she can come at it purely as my mum and obviously she is still experiencing some grief from it but it's far different from my dad the way he will be reacting to things I say is very different um so I would say less so much with my mum but I would say yeah my dad is maybe a bit more in tune with mental health a lot more since this has happened because I think maybe three four years ago this wasn't even really a conversation it was stuff that happened to other families not ours and since it happening I think he's you know when I now go oh, I'm having therapy he'll be like oh cool you know whereas before it was almost he would always be a bit like oh why why, why do you think that like are you ill what's what's kind of wrong whereas now it's a bit more accepted but I don't know as much about the anxiety thing personally I would say actually almost with my boyfriend I think because he also knows I struggle with my mental health sometimes and he has he's come home before and he's been like I was thinking the most terrible things like oh my gosh I was so worried something had happened to you um like I went for a walk the other day and I hadn't taken my phone and I texted him but he'd like come in and he was like where is now like uh, what what's happened that's kind of my personal experience about with it what about you have you felt that with like siblings your mom yeah so I don't have any siblings but I definitely feel it with my mum and I completely understand as well and I obviously I won't go into too much detail because it's her side of the story but I definitely think that she experiences a lot of similar things to me but I perhaps don't convey that I feel the same way because I've sort of built these barriers up and I've over time not really liked sharing much about it. But I, I definitely feel the same sort of things in terms of if I don't reply for a while or if I don't pick up the phone and things like that, then it can be a bit worrying because obviously my dad died very suddenly. So it, it's only a natural response, basically. But it, it's interesting because I often find I might get frustrated and I try not to because I then know that I'm exactly the same in reverse. So it's, it's really interesting, but I think it's just an, an ongoing Thing where you just need to continue having those conversations and continue to work on your own mind as you say big advocate for that when you say you get frustrated do you mean you get frustrated when she's getting worried and you're like oh, I'm fine like kind of like that yeah but I, which I think is only natural in a way because you're kind of like the age I'm at now as well where I'm starting to do things on my own or go traveling on my own all that kind of stuff you think, oh, you know, like, they don't get their mums asking them 24 hours a day if they're fine. And you, you kind of compare your situation to other people's, I guess. But the reality of it is that obviously it's not a fair comparison because something traumatic happened and now 
this is a result of that. So I completely get that, but I'm trying to be better at not getting as frustrated. And... But the thing is, you're looking at it in your rational brain, going, why are you scared about stuff like that? And then when your anxious brain, you're like, oh my God, there's so many things to be scared about. So when you're not in that mindset, it can, even yourself, you can question like, why was I even scared about that? Like, why? Everything's fine. Why are you, oh my God, chill out. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, especially when you're, say, away with friends and you're like, their mums literally haven't messaged them this whole time. You do kind of compare, but I think I'm trying to be better with that, as I say, and just keep moving forward and and keep working on myself i think it's an ongoing thing so thank you now for joining me today i really appreciate you sharing your experience and opening up about your own anxiety and i think for me it's glaringly obvious that everyone has a different version of anxiety you know it means something different to everyone and i think equally the remedy for that is also different for everyone. So I think my key takeaway from today is that perhaps whilst certain things don't work for me, that's okay. You know, I can find an, another version of that. And I, I've also taken it away that maybe I should try therapy at some point. <laughs> therapy outside of this. Because this feels like it in a way. <laughs> this is like a mini version of therapy, definitely. I'm not qualified. Don't Don't sue me. <laughs> no yeah honestly thank you so much and thank you so much for sharing it's so nice to hear like I I still feel that I'm very new to my grief journey and it feels really nice to connect with people who have been through this for slightly longer and have felt very similar things to how I've felt I mean yeah similar takeaways like there's no correct way to heal there's no correct way to have anxiety there's no correct way to deal with your anxiety it's just kind of give different things a go be open-minded about different things and be a listening ear or giving advice that's that's something else i want everyone to take away from <laughs> come for a solution i know that we're going to film another episode now where we focus yeah. more on grief ocd and my experience with that so i look forward to that but otherwise see you guys in the next episode Coleman is a podcast run by the Winston's Wish Youth team. The topics of conversation aim to provide comfort and make a difference to other young grieving people over the age of 13. We hope to give listeners the confidence to talk about their own grief journey. It's rare to be able to listen to other young people being open and honest about their grief and how they're feeling. We hope this podcast reaches young grieving people everywhere and helps them to feel less alone. From teenagers to young adults, students to professionals, we're all different, but we've all got grief in common. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Thank you.